Sri Sai Sacharitra, The Wonderful Life and Teachings of Shirdi Sai Baba, A Modern Rendering, Chapter 22, Baba Constantly Changed His Way. How to Meditate on Baba No one has been able to fathom the nature or the form of the Almighty. Even the Vedas and the Thousand-Tongue Shesha are not able to describe it fully. But devotees cannot help but know and look at the form of the Lord, for they know that His feet are the only means of their happiness. They know no other method of attaining the supreme goal of life except by meditating on His holy feet. Ahmad Pant suggests an easy way of devotion and meditation on Baba. As the dark fortnight of every moon gradually decreases, so does the moonlight. And finally, on the new moon night, we do not see the moon at all, nor do we get her light. So when the bright fortnight begins, people are very anxious to see the moon. On the first day, the moon is not seen, and on the second day, she emerges as a thin crest. Then people are asked to see the moon through an opening between the two branches of a tree. While concentrating eagerly through this aperture, to their great delight, they begin to see the distant small crescent of the moon as it comes into sight. Following this clue, let us try to see Baba's light. Look at Baba's posture, how fine it is. He is sitting with his legs folded, the right leg across the left knee. The fingers of his left hand are spread on the right foot. On the right toe are spread his two fingers, the index and middle one. By this posture, Baba means to say that if you want to see my light, be egoless and most humble, and meditate on my toe through the opening between the two branches index and middle finger, and then you will be able to see my light. This is the easiest means of attaining devotion. Now let us turn for a moment to Baba's life. Shirdi had become a place of pilgrimage on account of Baba staying there. People from all quarters began to flock there, and both the rich and the poor were benefited in many ways, in one form or another. Who can describe Baba's boundless love, his wonderful natural knowledge, and his all-pervasiveness? Blessed is he who could experience any or all of these. Sometimes Baba observed long silence, which was, in a way, his dissertation on Brahman. At other times he was consciousness and bliss incarnate, surrounded by his devotees. Sometimes he spoke in parables, and at other times indulged in wit and humor. At times he was quite unambiguous, and at times he seemed enraged. Sometimes he gave his teachings in a nutshell, 
and at other times he argued at length. Many a time he was very plain. In this way he gave varied instructions to many, according to their requirements. His life was inscrutable, beyond the view of our mind, beyond our intellect and speech. Our longing to see his face, to talk with him and hear his leelas, was never satisfied. Still, we were overflowing with joy. We can count the showers of rain, tie the wind in a leather bag, but who can measure his leelas? Now we will look at one aspect of them, how he anticipated and foresaw the calamities of his devotees and warded them off in time. The Masjid Mayi Saves and Protects Balasaheb Mirakar was a revenue officer of Kopagan. He was going on a tour to Chitali. On the way, he came to Shirdi to see Sai Baba. When he went to the masjid and prostrated himself before Baba, the usual conversation regarding health and other matters commenced. But then Baba gave a warning. Do you know our Dwarkamai? As Bala Sahib did not understand, he kept quiet. But Baba continued, This is our Dwarkamai where you are sitting. She wards off all dangers and anxieties of the children who sit on her lap. This Masjid Mayi is very merciful. She is the mother of the simple devotees, whom she will save in calamities. Once a person sits on her lap, all his troubles are over. He who rests in her shade gets bliss. Then Papa gave him Udi and placed his protecting hand on his head. When Balasaheb was about to depart, Papa said, Do you know the serpent? And then closing the left fist, he brought it near to the right elbow and moving his left arm like the hood of a serpent, he said, He is so terrible, but what can he do to the children of Dwarkamai? When the Dwarkamai protects, what can the serpent do? All who were present were curious to know the meaning of this, but none had the courage to ask Baba about it. Then Bala Sahib saluted Baba and left the masjid with Shama. Baba called Shama back and asked him to accompany Bala Sahib and enjoy the Chitali trip. Shama came to Bala Sahib and told him that he would go according to Baba's wish. Bala Sahib replied that he needn't come as it would be inconvenient. Shama returned to Baba and told him what Bala Sahib had said to him. Baba said, All right, do not go. We should mean well and do well. Whatever is destined to happen will happen. In the meanwhile, Bala Sahib thought it over and asked Shama to accompany him. Shama went to Baba again, then took leave and started in the Tonga with Bala Sahib. They reached Chitali at 9 p.m. and encamped in the Maruti Temple. The office people had not come yet, so they sat quietly in the temple, chit-chatting. 
Lala Sahib was sitting on a mat reading a newspaper. His upper dhoti was spread across his waist, and on a part of it, a snake was sitting unobserved. It began to move with a rustling sound, which was heard by a worker. The worker brought a lantern and pointed to the snake, crying, Snake! Snake! Lala Sahib was frightened and began to quiver. Shama was amazed. Then he and the others moved without making a sound and took sticks and clubs in their hands. The snake crawled slowly from Balasaheb's waist, and as it was moving away, was immediately put to death. This calamity, which was prophesied by Baba, was averted, and Balasaheb's love for Baba was deeply confirmed. Overcoming Fear one day, when a great astrologer named Nana Saheb Dengale was in Shirdi, he told Bapu Saheb Bhuti, Today is an inauspicious day for you. There is a danger to your life. This made Bapu Saheb very anxious. When he came to the masjid, Baba said to Bapu Saheb, What does this Nana say? He foretells death for you? Well, you need not be afraid. Tell him boldly. Let us see how death kills. Then later in the evening, Baba Sahib went to relieve himself in the field when he saw a snake. His servant saw it and lifted a stone to strike at it. Baba Sahib asked him to get a big stick, but before the servant had returned with the stick, the snake moved away and disappeared. Baba Sahib remembered with joy Baba's words of fearlessness. Baba Saves Amir from a Serpent Amir Shankar was a native of the village Gorle. He belonged to the butcher caste. He suffered from rheumatism, which caused him much pain. This reminded him to think of God, so he left his business and went to Shirdi and prayed to Baba to relieve him of his malady. Baba stationed him in the Chavadi, which was then a damp and unhealthy place, unfit for such a patient. Any other place in the village of Shirdi, or even in the village of Korale, would have been better for Amir. But Baba's word was a deciding factor, and the chief medicine. Baba did not allow him to come to the masjid, but put him in the chavadi where he had one great advantage. Baba passed by the chavadi every morning and evening, and every alternate day Baba slept there. So Amir had contact with Baba very often. Amir stayed there for nine months, but then somehow got disgusted with the chavadi. So one night he stealthily left the place and went to Kopragon and stayed in a dharmashala, a pilgrimage guesthouse there. There he saw an old dying fakir who asked him for water. Amir brought it and gave it to him. As soon as he drank it, he passed away. Amir was now in a fix. He thought that if he went and informed the authorities, he would be held responsible for the death as he was the first and only person who knew something about it. 
He repented his action of leaving Shirdi without Baba's permission and prayed to Baba. He was then determined to return to Shirdi. That same night he ran back, remembering and muttering Baba's name all along the way. He reached Shirdi before daybreak and became free of anxiety. Then he lived in the Chavadi in perfect accordance with Baba's order and was cured. At midnight one night, Baba cried out, O oh, Abdul, some devilish creature is dashing against the side of my bed. Abdul came with a lantern and examined Baba's bed, but found nothing. Baba asked him to examine the whole place carefully, then began to strike the ground with his satka. Seeing this leela of Baba, Amir thought that Baba must have suspected some serpent had come there. Amir knew by his close and long contact with Baba the meaning of Baba's words and actions. Baba then saw something moving near Amir's cushion. He asked Abdul to bring the light. When he brought it, he saw the coil of a serpent there, moving its head up and down. The serpent was immediately beaten to death. Like this, Baba gave a timely warning and saved Amir. Ahmad Pant's experiences with a serpent and a scorpion. At Baba's recommendation, Kaka Sahib read the two works of Sri Eknat Maharaj, the Bhagavat and the Ramayana, daily. Ahmad Pant had the good fortune to be one of the audience members when the reading was going on. Once when the part of the Ramayana was read relating to Hanuman testing Rama's greatness, according to his mother's instructions, all the listeners were spellbound, including Hamad Pant. A big scorpion jumped and sat on his right shoulder on his upper cloth. First it was not noticed, but as the Lord protects those who are intent on hearing his stories, Ahmad Pant casually cast down a glance over his right shoulder and noticed it. It was dead silent and did not move at all. It seemed as if it was also enjoying the reading. Then, by the Lord's grace, Ahmad Pant, without disturbing the audience, took the two ends of his dhoti, folded it, and brought them together, enclosing the scorpion within it. Then he went out and threw it in the garden. On another occasion, some people were sitting in the upper floor of Kaka Sahib's wada just before nightfall, when a serpent crept through a hole in the window frame and sat coiled up. A light was brought. Although it was shocked at first, it sat still and only moved its head up and down. Then many a people rushed there with sticks and cudgels. But as it sat in an awkward place, no blow could be dealt. But hearing the noises of men, the serpent went out hastily through the same hole. Then everyone was relieved. Baba's Opinion on Killing Creatures A devotee named Mukdaram said it was good that the poor creatures escaped. Ahmad Pant challenged him, saying that it was better that serpents be killed. 
there was a hot discussion between them. Mukhtaram contended that serpents and such creatures should not be killed, while Hamadpat said they should be. As night came on, the discussion came to an end without any conclusion being made. The next day, the question was referred to Baba, who gave his opinion. God lives in all beings and creatures, whether they are serpents or scorpions. He is the great wire puller of the world, and all beings, serpents, scorpions, all creatures, obey his command. Unless he wills it, nobody can do any harm to others. The world is completely dependent on him. No one is independent. So we should take pity and love all creatures. Stop fighting and killing and be patient. The Lord is the protector of all. Pranams to Sri Sai. Peace be to all. You've been listening to a modern rendering of Hamad Pant's The Sri Sai Satcharitra, The Wonderful Life and Teachings of Shirdi Sai Baba, edited and narrated by Monica Penaconda. For more content like this online, please go to divinelineage.org, saifamily.org, and peacefires.org. To learn more about Monica, please go to monicapinaconda.org